0: We are bike. Welcome to another episode of the AOS Dynasty League podcast. Y'all know who the fuck it is, man. It's the host with the most cam, a.k.a. the Dynasty Demigod, a.k.a. the Ace of Spades, Thanos, a.k.a. the four time Champion, aka Mr. Okay, I'm reloaded. And I'm in the lab, Dolo, once again, on my David Ruffin shit. Because ain't nobody coming to see you, Curtis. We are without the reigning champion, but don't worry about it, sweetheart. Don't worry about it, sweetheart. This, that's black. This, that splat right there. Y'all know how much I enjoy doing my solo pods. And today is no different. So let's dive straight into the content. There is a lot to cover, so let's get through it quickly. As always, let's start the show off with some NFL news and notes. The Detroit Lions ship quarterback Matthew Stafford away to the Rams for two future first round picks and a third round pick. Sheesh, Mo! I mean, I understand that Matthew Stafford is an upgrade from Jared Goff at the quarterback position. I think he's more competent. He has a bigger arm. And I think Sean McVay wants a QB that can push the ball down the field. I think they get that with Matthew Stafford. But two future first-round picks, even late first-round picks, um, that, that these first-round uh, picks are projected to be for the Rams— that that's a lot for a 32 year old quarterback who um, has been injury riddled over the past several years, and I mean isn't a he isn't a, a, a top ten quarterback at least at least in my humble opinion. I talked about on the show a few days ago with Kurt that I wasn't really sure if a team was willing to offer a first round pick for Matthew Stafford, not an early one at least. And the Rams didn't give up a, a first round pick from this season, but they gave up two future first round picks and. Um, The only other team of note that I saw a story from that was willing to ship away a first round pick was actually the Carolina Panthers. And that was pick eight, which is obviously a really good draft pick. I don't know if the Panthers were willing to do that because news around the league is that they are going to have to pay significant draft capital to move up from that eight spot to get a quarterback. Uh, There have been a lot of um, draft analysts mocking All of the quarterbacks pretty much gone by pick seven were Detroit picks, actually, coincidentally. So they've mocked, obviously, Trevor Lawrence to the Jaguars, um, Zach Wilson to the Jets, sometimes Justin Fields to the Jets, uh, Atlanta taking a quarterback they project at pick four, and then, you know, someone trading up to that pick five or pick a pick six spot or even pick three where where Miami is picking uh, to draft. Um, one of these guys as well and leaving, you know, uh, I'd say the big four to round out those QBs will be Trey Lance. And and he's even been mocked to, um, you know, the seven, eight spot. So I don't know. That's that's pretty rich for Matthew Stafford as a QB. Fantasy impact, I mean, in our league, Danny has Stafford. I'm not really sure how much of a boost this gives Matthew Stafford for uh, fantasy in terms of points per, uh, uh, per game production. He was a solid fantasy quarterback uh while he was in detroit for all those years i mean he was the qb that you know no one was really excited to draft but he was going to give you some qb1 weeks and finish, uh, you know a back-end qb1 or one of the, one of the top uh qb2 so i don't know he had kenny galladay tj hawkinson uh they added deandre swift last year and he was funneling him targets uh so he had decent weapons in detroit i mean I didn't take the time to look at the offensive line comparison or time to throw or anything like that, but I I don't really project Stafford to get a huge bump uh, now that he's uh, been traded to the L.A. Rams. Now, I do think he'll probably be a bit more consistent. I do think Sean McVay is, is a better play caller than, um, you know, ah, Daryl Bevel, I guess, uh, even though I think Daryl Bevel is a pretty good play caller as well. so i'm not I'm not really sure. I'm not really sure. i don't I don't think this gives Stafford a huge boost, but I think it gives Danny some stability at the QB um, position. I think he's going to put up more consistent performances and maybe less um, boomer bust than he was with with Detroit. So that's my two cents on the Stafford trade. Um, I think it was a good trade for the Rams. I think they're a quarterback away. And I'm interested to see what this offense looks like now that they have a more capable QB at the helm. Anyway, moving on. Deshaun Watson is reportedly willing to skip the season. Now, I was on Twitter and I saw some comments under, you know, uh, these posts when they leaked. And uh, some of these motherfuckers on Twitter don't think fat meat is greasy. Now, everything that I've learned about Deshaun Watson throughout, you know, his college career, in his NFL career, this guy is very disciplined and he's very principled. If it's true that he's willing to skip the season, I, I, I believe. Um, I believe he could pull a, you know, a, a Carson Palmer and say, "Look, I've made enough money. I don't have to fucking play." I, I, re- I really think he he could. Um, he's a very, very principled person, and um, I, I think that. They're going to have to call his bluff. This situation is not getting any prettier. And I think the more and more they try to pull Deshaun into the organization, the more and more he's trying to pull away. So obviously, this is going to be an interesting story to follow until something moves. But it could get really ugly going into the beginning of the season. If he decides he wasn't if he decides he isn't going to report to camp and he's willing to sit out games, I don't think the Texans have a choice but to trade him. But it's a dog shit organization. I don't trust them to do the right thing, so I'll have to see how that that pans out. Next news item, multiple teams are interested in Derek Carr. This story actually just dropped right before I started recording the podcast. Danny's two for two. I mean, he had two of the most mediocre fantasy QBs in the league, and now he could potentially get a bump from not just one of them, but two of them. And reportedly, the Raiders are one of the teams interested in Deshaun Watson. So I've seen reports that the Raiders have been calling around inquiring about a three-team trade that would possibly send Derek Carr away and land Deshaun Watson on their team. I, I don't I don't put a lot of stake into uh, these reports just because I want to see something with a little more traction materialize, but I think it's going to take an offer that blows the doors off the Houston Texans organization for them to move Deshaun Watson. I'm not, I'm not saying that the Raiders can't give them that. I'm just saying it's, it's going to be a mega ridiculous deal. So again, Derek Carr could potentially be on the move. I think there are a lot of teams that are interested. I think Derek Carr is a pretty decent real life quarterback. So we'll see. Deshaun Watson will look good in that black and silver. No bullshit. Good old Dell there too, even though they'll probably have no picks for the next three fucking years. If they go out and get D4, but we'll, we'll see what happens. Next news item, Corey Davis to Green Bay, question mark. Um, this would be good for Corey Davis, obviously. Elmo got him for some fab dollars after uh, Curtis dropped him <laughs> out of frustration. Uh, Kurt drafted Corey Davis in the first round a few years back, and I think he got so tired of um, the Corey Davis curse, Corey Davis being in Kurt's lineup, and every time he was in his lineup, he, he lost the fucking game. So he actually just dropped him for free, which is, is a is a big no-no, uh, even after a few years, and, and Kurt knows that, but... Uh, the frustration is understood. I, I know Kurt wishes he had this one back, though. But um, rumors have circulated that Corey Davis could potentially land in Green Bay, and that's something that I would love to see for the value of Corey Davis. I think he could easily be a, a low end wide receiver, too, playing alongside Devonte Adams. I think he makes that offense better in real life. So I'd be interested in him landing there. Juju Smith Schuster potentially uh, to the Dolphins. I like that. I don't want to see Juju back in Pittsburgh. I, I really don't. I don't want to see him running two, three yards, shallow fucking crosses. It's not a good use of his skill set, and it's just I don't want any fucking receiver on my team that's running two-yard crossing routes. So hopefully Juju can go to Miami, uh, whether he has Tua tonga or throwing him the ball or or maybe Deshaun Watson. Who knows? Either, either way. I think he'll be an asset to a team that's so devoid of talent in their wide receiving core. So Juju to the Dolphins. Something I would like to see. Kenny Galladay. Also, we talked about Kenny Galladay on the last podcast. Could he potentially land on the Baltimore Ravens? I don't like this story or this leak or rumor as much because I can't tell if Lamar Jackson can't throw outside the numbers or if he just doesn't have an outside receiver Capable enough for him to have success doing outside the numbers, and to be honest, as a Kenny Galladay owner, I don't want to fucking find out. So I have two shares of Kenny Galladay in other leagues. I don't really want Kenny Galladay to go to Baltimore. I think for real life football, this would be awesome. It would be awesome for Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson would get a bump, and I may look at, uh, I may look into acquiring Lamar Jackson in some leagues if Kenny Galladay goes there. But I'm not sure that's good for Galladay. But I mean, Miles Boykin. Not the answer. Marquise Hollywood Brown, he, he's 160 pounds. Um, James Prochet, Devin Duvernay. I mean, I don't know. There's no real alpha wide receiver there, so it'll definitely give Lamar Jackson a boost, in my opinion. So, uh, for the Lamar Jackson owner, this is what you should be open for. For the Kenny Galladay owner, I would, I would imagine you would like him to land somewhere else. Allen Robinson. Someone projects that he will stay in Chicago. I don't, I don't think so. They didn't get a deal done all season. If he does stay in Chicago, I'd be happy. Obviously, I'm a Chicago Bears fan. I am a fan of Allen Robinson. But as a general NFL fan, Allen Robinson deserves better than Chicago and whatever quarterback they're going to have at the helm next season. Will Fuller projected to stay in Houston? Question mark. Potentially. I may be in the minority. I don't really fucking care about Will Fuller. He had a great season. His only great season. He was on PEDS. I understand on a per-game basis he's pretty good. I, I don't really give a fuck. I, I don't care about Will Fuller. Not looking to acquire him anywhere. We'll probably talk about him on uh, the Buy Sell Show. Um, not probably. We will. He's a top 36 receiver. But uh, I don't really have any interest. But maybe he'll stay in Houston. Uh, I just don't think Deshaun Watson is going to be there. And if he's there, I don't think he's going to play. So I guess that's news to to kind of table until we get more information on what's happening with D4. Jimmy G could potentially be replaced. The San Francisco 49ers are another team that are supposedly in the D4 sweepstakes. Don't think they have enough to get it done. They don't have a high enough draft pick, in my opinion. But they do have, you know, the two defensive starters. They could send over, you know, I don't, I don't know, some type of a Fred Warner package to the Texans. The Texans supposedly wanted two defensive starters along with a few first-round picks. I mean, I guess they could do it if they use. I think they have, like, pick in the teens, like pick 15. I don't know. I I probably should have put that in my notes, but uh, they could get it done. I I think Kyle Shanahan would be super aggressive to get it it done. I just don't think any fucking team, including the Texans, wants Jimmy G. Jimmy G. Steven A. Voice. Uh, Mitchell Trubisky in the same boat as Jimmy G. He's actually... Pretty similar to Jimmy G. He's Jimmy G with legs. Uh, He could potentially be replaced in Chicago. I talked about this a bit on the last podcast. Don't really care about this news. If he is back in Chicago, I'd be willing to to buy him, though, but for very, very cheap. Uh, Teddy Bridgewater, one and done with the Panthers, potentially. Mentioned this a bit earlier in the podcast. They do have pick eight, uh, but I'm thinking they will have to trade up from pick eight in order to secure a QB. Otherwise, they're going to have to make something shake in the offseason. Teddy Bridgewater ain't it. Chris. I sent you Danny's second round pick at the very, the very beginning of the season, and you declined it swiftly. And I told you Teddy Bridgewater was a bridge QB. Like, this, this nigga's not nasty, bro. Like, this nigga ain't got them bitches. Like, he's he's ass, bro. Like, he's a career backup. So I'm sure you would have rather had, you know, a, an additional top 24 pick than a quarterback that's probably going to end up on the waiver wire at some point over the next two seasons. I just thought I'd uh, jab at you here uh, before we move on to the Ace of Space news and notes. Anyway. Ace of Spades news and notes. Sorry, I had to look up at the time. I didn't mean to pause like that. Um, let's start with the Ace of Spades apparel. Hey, how many fucking leagues are y'all niggas in where they got their own fucking apparel? How many leagues are you in where you have your own custom league gear? Uh, dude, I'm, dude, I'm the best commissioner in the Dude, I'm the best commissioner there has been, there is, and ever will be, dude. Simple. I'm the GOAT Kamish. Hey, put that on a t-shirt. Goat Commish. Pierce, hook me up. How many leagues do you know has their own custom gear? I'm 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 super excited. As as I'm sure you all can hear in my fucking voice. A few of you have had the opportunity to get a sneak peek at the apparel. And I wasn't even supposed to show anyone, but but I got so excited like a little kid on Christmas, I had to show a few people what it looked like in the feedback was amazing so let's take a look at everyone who has placed their order or confirmed their order for the shirts i have a little excel spreadsheet here i'm going to try to read through this as as quickly as possible so we have curtis with an xl hoodie and an xl t-shirt by the way everybody please listen to this segment so we can confirm that i have your order right we have an xl hoodie for kurt black xl t-shirt black Curtis paid in full. Myself, I'm paid in full. I got a t-shirt and a hoodie as well. We have Danny with a large hoodie, black. Danny is also paid in full. We have Justin with a 2XL t-shirt. Justin has not paid. We have Juan or Mook, as you guys know him, with a t-shirt, medium black. Juan is paid in full. We have Ray with an extra large hoodie and an extra large t shirt, black. Ray is paid in full. We have BT with a, a large hoodie, um, black. BT is also paid in full. We have Jamal with a t shirt, large, black. Look, everybody's shit is fucking black. T shirt large for Jamal. Jamal has not paid. Rio has a hoodie, 2X. Rio is paid in full. Chris has a hoodie, large as well as a t-shirt large chris is paid in full for both elmo has a hoodie 2x elmo is paid in full mario has a t-shirt xl have no fucking idea how your big ass is gonna fit in the xl own baby i'm gonna roast your goofy ass on the next pod taybron has not paid so please confirm based on what i've just read off of this excel sheet that i have your order correct because production will begin on the t-shirts and hoodies Before the end of the month. I've already fronted the cash. For the apparel. So there's really no rush. Justin. Jamal. Tabron. Just pay me when you pay your league dues. Before April 1st. Okay. Moving on. Divisions. We're bringing back divisions. uh, This upcoming season. 2021. I'm just going to read off the divisions. And you guys let me know. What you think about the divisions that I'm putting everyone in. So feedback is appreciated. And and that's another thing. We've gone stale on league-wide contributions to the podcast. I don't have my wife watching my crazy-ass daughter and my dog for two hours so I can put this content together for you niggas, just for you all to sit there in the chat like fucking mutes. Please contribute to the podcast by delivering feedback in the chat, texting me separately with podcast ideas, or... Just saying a fucking, giving, giving a fucking thank you to people like Curtis or Chris for helping with the fucking league. I know I don't have a problem with this from guys like Rio. He's so, so consistent with his feedback. Same thing with, with Ray and Elmo and obviously Curtis. Everybody else like, dude. We don't fucking work for you, niggas, man. Like, take the time to appreciate the fucking content that we put out for you, motherfuckers. It actually does take work. It takes time. And if niggas don't appreciate it, y'all can follow KB the fuck out of here. I'm I'm not salty. I'm just, you know, I'm passionate about my shit. So I'm going to read these divisions off. And you guys tell me if you like the divisions, if you think something can be changed. And if you think something should be changed about the divisions, have an explanation for it. Don't just say I don't want to be in a division with Kurt because he's gonna whoop my ass. Please add some value to the league. The offseason is not over, and I'm not necessarily done removing niggas from the league. The league is 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 finally where I want it to be structurally, and we almost we're almost exactly where I want it to be personnel wise. Don't don't be the nigga that gets kicked out for, for just not adding any value to the league, like like KB. Please. Anyway, division one. Cam. Larray, Chris, and Rio. Division two, Kurt, Danny, Elmo, and Tabron. Division three, Justin, Mook, BT, and Jamal. Please give feedback about those divisions and how they stand. Again, Cam, Larray, Chris, and Rio. Kurt, Danny, Elmo, and Tabron in division two. In division three, we have Justin, Mook, BT, and Jamal. Moving on. Auction draft. I'm not going to go into detail on what an auction draft is, but 2021 and maybe 2022 may be the last year for straight up um, linear drafting. So if anybody wants to take the time to go look up what an auction draft is and, and try to understand um what I'm trying to move the league to take the time and do that. I'll, I'll explain in more detail in the future, but I just wanted to put a feeler out there for people that had any questions early on. Um, It'll probably actually, now that I think about it, it'll probably have to be after 2023. And the reason for that is uh, actually the point that I'm going to make next. um, Some of you have already traded, made so many trades for 2023 picks, and I don't want to mess that up for you guys, but there is still a way to turn that, draft capital into auction dollars for the draft. So I'm, I'm undecided on when we'll shift. It isn't actually a function in sleeper yet. So you guys don't have to worry about it for the 2021 season and probably not 2022, but I I'd imagine that sleeper adds it to their platform sometime next year. So if anybody wants to get ahead of that, go do some research, restricted trading of future draft picks. This is the next point from now on. Starting in the 2021 season, you are only allowed to trade draft picks one year out. For anyone who has a problem with this rule, blame KB. Okay? You are now only allowed to trade draft picks one year in advance. And to be perfectly honest, all of you niggas who traded out draft picks more than a year in advance, you probably learned your lesson the hard way and don't want to do that again. But... Just to prevent things that happen with KB's roster from happening again, that is the new rule. Penalties. Failure to set lineup will result in a loss of draft picks. This has always been the case, but I like to reiterate in the offseason every year. Let's call this the KB rule, part two. Failure to set a lineup results in a loss of a draft pick. There are no exceptions. Next news item for Ace of Spades. Side pulls. Pickham is returning for the 2021 season. Pick'em was a very exciting element that we did in 2019, and a lot of people asked me to put it in place for 2020, and I was lukewarm on it. We had, I don't know, 70% participation. We had like 8 out of 12 teams do it, I guess, so yeah, close to 70% participation, and I don't like doing anything that doesn't have the participation of 100% of our league mates, but I think we have the right people in the league. We're going to give it another shot. So Pick'em will return for the 2021 season. And I mentioned this in the chat, but I'll mention it again, and you'll hear me talk about it throughout the remainder of the offseason and into next season. We're going to do an NFL playoff bracket. Once the 2021 season concludes, the fantasy season ends, we are going to engage in a paid playoff bracket. So we'll do like 25 bucks per person. And... I don't know if we'll do winner take all probably we'll do winner take all I'm not sure Danny's gonna run this so ask Danny if you have questions about the playoff bracket it's just like a March Madness bracket if you've ever done one of those I think all of you already um, hinted that you wanted in I know I can think of Ray Rio Elmo um, Kurt myself I know all of m- most of us want to do it so if anyone doesn't I'll get like some other randos in here to join but for the most part Uh, I think we should be able to have 100% league-wide participation with the NFL playoff bracket. Last Ace of Spades news item, tight end premium. It's here to stay. We did a tight end premium pilot, um, and it's here to stay. So please adjust your draft boards accordingly. Anything that adds an additional layer of strategy to the league without sacrificing its its integrity, we're going to do it. That's why I'm interested in the auction draft. That's why I'm interested in adding, you know, Tiered PPR, like wide receiver, tier PPR, tight end premium, uh, and additional IDPs if need be. Also, the addition of three IDPs is here to stay. That was another element of the league that we weren't uh, sure about. And we did a pilot last season for uh, six IDPs as opposed to three. And I think it worked out very well. It actually balanced things out and took away some of the variance of the positional scoring week in and week out. All right, we're at 24 minutes here. So let me speed through the rest of this contact uh, content and get into the actual meat. No homo. Of the episode buy sell running back edition. Off season. The offseason in Ace of Spades has been relatively quiet. So I want to make sure I'm pushing through this buy-sell content quickly in hopes that it will push the league into a more active state. Bro, start making some fucking moves. Like I know transactions are closed off the waiver wire, and I'm trying to figure out when to open them. I'm I'm torn between opening them after the draft. But there have been so many um, news items that have kind of shaken up the pool. It would be kind of interesting to see, you know, where people spent their offseason fat, But I'm, I'm leaning towards holding off until uh, our rookie draft is completed to, to fully open back a um, uh, waiver ad drop. So anyway, keep in mind the league is year round. You don't have to sit on your hands all offseason and wait to make a move because nine times out of ten, somebody's going to beat you to it. So let's get into running back buy or sell. We're going to do roughly top 36 running backs. I'm going to get through this as quickly as I can and try to keep this podcast under an hour. Let's start with Devin Singletary, the guy that Elmo gave up a second round pick for this past uh, this past season. It was it was a good second round pick, too. Uh, I didn't like that trade when he made it. I like it even worse now. So Devin Singletary, he's 23 years old, averaged nine fantasy points per game. I'm not buying Devin Singletary anywhere. Um, I don't think he's very talented. I don't think the Buffalo Bills can run the ball very well. And they're one of the more pass-happy offenses in the NFL. Also, the addition of Zach Moss, who I believe is the better RB between the two, he gets pass game work as well as goal line work. So Devin Singletary is a run and hide for me. If you can sell him for... Fuck, I don't even know what I'd be willing to... Well, I wouldn't be willing, I wouldn't give up a fifth round pick for him. I don't know what somebody would be willing to pay for Devin Singletary, but he is, he is a sell for me. Um, Joshua Kelly, ugh. Joshua Kelly, he had every opportunity in the world. Um, once Austin Eckler went down with an injury and this is what he did. It was a very disappointing season for Joshua Kelly. He was somebody I was very high on in the offseason. I thought he had the opportunity to take on that Melvin Gordon role. They gave him the opportunity to take on that role. He just didn't perform very well. Some people said it was a lack of confidence. I just don't think he's very good at NFL football. Pour some lick out from my guy Joshua Kelly. Jamal, I apologize. Kenyon Drake. He is an absolute... Sell. Oh, by the way, Joshua Kelly is a is a... He could be a drop candidate in like six months, but he's a hold for now. Um, Kenyon Drake is an absolute sell. He's 27 years old. He averaged 13 points per game. He was transition tagged by the Arizona Cardinals. We have no idea where he's going to be next year. I don't know if it's going to be in Arizona. I doubt it will be. And wherever he does go, he isn't going to be a lead back. So Kenyon Drake, for whatever I could get for him, I would be selling him now. Naeem Hines, I would be selling him as well. With Phillip Rivers gone, I don't trust whatever quarterback... Uh, at the helm for the Colts to funnel targets to the running back like Philip Rivers did. So Naeem Hines, if somebody wants to take advantage of the 12 points per game that he put up last season, uh, I mean, he's only 24 years old. I think he has some value. I think some people would be interested. I would be uh, uh, willing to move on from Naeem Hines. James Conner, holy fuck, sell. Fire fucking sell, James Conner. James Conner is, is an unathletic plotter. Um, I was never big on his talent. I did use him for uh, my back-to-back championship run. He was really good for me the year that Le'Veon Bell set out. This past season, not so much. He's often injured. He's 26 years old, but I started next season. Averaged 12.7 fantasy points per game. I think the Pittsburgh Steelers will add someone to that backfield via draft in the top three rounds. And I'm willing to bet every dollar that I got, they're going to be better than James Conner, even if they don't add anyone they're not going to extend James Conner. I don't know who the answer is. I don't think it's Anthony McFarland. I don't think it's Benny Snell, but I know for a fact it ain't James Conner. He's a sell. Chase Edmonds, he's a fucking sell for me. Um, he's 25 years old. People continuously push the narrative that he could be a lead back. I don't think so. He averaged 10 fantasy points per game. He got the opportunity in a workhorse role uh, when Kenyon Drake went down. He didn't perform very well. Everyone talks about how Chase Edmonds performed in 2019 when uh, Kenyon Drake went down, or David Johnson went down my mistake Um, but they leave out the game where uh, uh, what's his name, Chase Edmonds he went out there and laid an absolute dud I think he got injured after he had like 8 carries for 11 I mean he looked awful Um, so Chase Edmonds stands, forget to leave that game out, but he hasn't always been productive when he stepped in for the lead back in Arizona. And this past year, he had the opportunity to do it again and he disappointed. So Chase Edmonds is a sell for me though. Elmo just bought him. So (laughs) good on Danny for uh, utilizing Chase Edmonds as a throw in piece to get the Odell Beckham trade done. I think that trade is going to work out for Danny, Tony Pollard. Tony Pollack is a sell. Um, He had the opportunity to, eat into the workload of Ezekiel Elliott this year. He looked good in spurts, but you could tell he's a complimentary back. He's 24 years old. He averaged seven and a half fantasy points per game. He's he's never going to be a lead back. They tried him in the lead back role um, um, for, for stretches of games when Ezekiel Elliott was either having issues fumbling or Ezekiel Elliott was was uh, out with an injury or out for parts of games resting. And Tony Pollard, he's he's a change of pace back. And he's, he's good for that. So if somebody wants to buy into the Zeke decline and you can get... Them to send you, I don't know, you're not going to get a second round pick for him, but maybe an early third round pick. I, I think I'd be willing to move on from Tony Pollard at this point. I mean, Zeke is not going anywhere. I think he's owed $17 million in 2023. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm willing to sell Tony Pollard. Miles Gaskin, he's a sell. Um, great story. Miles Gaskin kind of came out of nowhere. Good job on BT. Um, having the cojones to draft him in our in our rookie plus free agent draft we didn't know what the fuck he was doing but he ended up being the lead back for that Dolphins team he put up a very good uh 16.4 fantasy points per game but similar to the James Conner and King and Drake I mean they're they're going to add a running back in the draft I believe Miami will and I'm willing to bet although Miles Gaskin was serviceable the back that they add will do enough to eat into his workload if not downright take the job from miles Gaskin, david johnson he's a sell he's 29 years old i'm not going to dive into that melvin gordon he's a sell he's 28 years old any running back who's up there uh in, in that um age spectrum it's it's going to be a sell for me especially in dynasty especially if you are not a contender even if you are a contender i don't think these guys are going to be able to add anything to your team that warrants keeping them um, over the next couple of years so if you can get somebody to buy into david johnson or melvin gordon i suggest you do so leonard fournette He's a sell. I appreciate playoff Lenny and what he's been able to do for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in the postseason. I don't want Leonard Fournette on any of my rosters moving forward. Ronald Jones. Ronald Jones is a buy. Um, there was a stretch of the season where I thought Ronald Jones was actually worse than Leonard Fournette. Uh, Leonard Fournette came into a game I don't remember who it was against, but he broke off a couple big runs. And I was like, dude, he's, he's the best back on this team. I was incorrect. Ronald Jones actually looked pretty good running between the tackles. He was a straight line speed guy at USC and he's developed into this like kind of slashing tackle breaking RB. I think he's got some juice. The only caveat with Ronald Jones' dynasty value is the fact that his head coach fucking hates him. Even so, I'm willing to buy him at, you know, a second round rookie pick price. He's 23 and a half years old, still hella fucking young. Average 13.3 fantasy points per game. I'm willing to buy Ronald Jones. Chris Carson. This one's tricky. I think it depends on what the cost is but i could see a scenario where i where i buy or sell chris carson obviously i would want to move away from chris carson if i'm nervous about his situation he's obviously a free agent um, i expect seattle to have to move on from chris for, uh, from chris carson but um you know chris carson's a good running back so if he goes to a landing spot where if if it's if it's the reverse outcome of what happened to jordan howard let's say chris carson goes to miami this offseason but but like we know chris carson's good at football I'd be interested in buying Chris Carson. I mean, I think he can be a solid RB two for at least another season, uh, but I'm not willing to pay a premium for that. This guy, I don't think he's ever played more than 13 games. He did average a respectable 15.7 fantasy points per game last year. So, uh, we, I mean, every time Chris Carson plays, he he's good. He can also catch passes. So, I'd be interested in seeing what his landing spot is before I consider him a buy. But right now, um, I'm on I'm on I'm hedging here. I'm I, I can see both both ends of the of, of the coin. Uh, Keyshawn Vaughn, he's a hold. If you have him, he's not sexy to me, no, no homo. Um, but he, he does, um, he does a few things like, well, as a running back, he doesn't, he's not spectacular in any element of the game. Same thing with Damian Harris, the next running back on this list. He's, he, he's a hold for me. I'm not really sure. Uh, I think he's a hold for me. I would call him a sell just because, um, you know, he did have, a a, a good, half and end of the season but for what you're going to get from him in the open market i consider him uh, a hold aj Dillon, aj Dillon's a buy man uh i just saw our news report that the packers want to bring um aaron jones back but if they want to bring him back i mean is, is that going to be a long-term deal or is that going to be uh, a franchise or 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 transition tax situation i'm not really sure how that Aaron Jones saga in Green Bay is going to end, but I still want to buy AJ Dillon again at cost. I'm not, I'm not sending a late first round pick or even a early second round pick for AJ Dillon because that, that RB situation is so ambiguous there in Green Bay. Now, if Aaron Jones does get traded, uh, not traded, if Aaron Jones does sign elsewhere in free agency, maybe I'd be willing to give up an early second for AJ Dillon. But I mean, small sample size, in the post, the last postseason game they played, I mean, it was clear. Like you know, Aaron 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 Jones is the guy; he's the more talented back in that backfield. But um, I'd be interested to see what AJ Dillon looks like with a full workload. James Robinson, James Robinson is. Sorry, I'm doing these off the top of the, off the top of my head. So I'm, I'm thinking about these as I progress through the list. James Robinson is a hold for me. He's 22 years old. He had an outstanding rookie year as an undrafted. Um, free agent out of out of um illinois i think um hmm i think i'm, I'm th- i think i'm holding james robinson um if someone were to offer me a mid to late first round pick i'd, I'd absolutely flip him but uh, I think I think I'm holding him. It's it's going to be interesting what happens with that offense when Trevor Lawrence gets there because Trevor Lawrence, he, he can he can run the ball. Like Trevor Lawrence got them fucking wheels. So anytime you have a mobile QB, you have to expect um a decrease in in targets to the to the RB. Like mobile quarterbacks do not check down the ball as much as as pocket QB. So it'll be interesting to see what his production looks like with, with Trevor Lawrence. And in that same breath, you could say, well, if Trevor Excuse me, if Trevor Lawrence is the quarterback as opposed to Gardner Minshew, maybe he has higher touchdown upside because maybe they get into the green zone and in the, in, in the the 10 zone more often. So um, maybe, maybe, maybe he gets more goal line work that Trevor Lawrence is there and his, his, his point per game production or projection doesn't change at all. But um, I'm, I'm holding him for now. Kareem Hunt. Kareem Hunt's probably a sell for me. There were just too many games towards the end of the year where, you know, they started throwing Nick Chubb the ball. <laughs> and as a Nick Chubb owner, I, I, I love the fact that they were throwing him the ball. But as a Kareem Hunt owner, I, I, I hate the fact that they were funneling targets to Nick Chubb at the end of the season. Um, he averaged 13.7 fantasy points per game. And even that was inflated by the six games that Nick Chubb missed last year. So uh, i'm not very excited about kareem hunt over the next several years he's he's 20 25 years old he'll be almost 26 by the start of the season if somebody wants to give you a decent draft pick or a younger wide receiver maybe somebody who needs an rb2 rb3 to round out their roster for a championship run i'd absolutely be willing to move on from kareem hunt kareem hunt aaron jones aaron jones is a hold for me he's 26 years old but he's so fucking good um, he didn't have as good of a season as he did in 2019. He finished with 18.4 points per uh, game this past season. Last year in 2019, he finished as the overall RB two behind Christian McCaffrey. So he had a fantastic season. We expected his touchdown, um, his, his, his touchdown scoring to regress, which it did. And he became, you know, a back in RB one, which is still really good. I'm holding him. Uh, I don't really care where he goes in the offseason. I think he's that good of a back to where I'm not panicking and rushing to sell Aaron Jones. I think he's a whole. David Montgomery is an absolute sell to me. He finished with a very good 17.5 points uh, per game. Uh, He's only 24 years old, but David Montgomery is an unathletic plotter. He doesn't do anything particularly well. He's inefficient in the pass game and and the run game, to be perfectly honest. I know he had... um, in an increase in uh his his yards per carry but I, i don't trust that chicago bears offense i don't believe in david montgomery as a talent and i think what we saw in 2020 is the best we are going to see from david montgomery um i'll have danny on the pod to talk to you guys about the probability of running backs you know having multiple rb1 finishes throughout the course of their careers I'm willing to to bet Brett that this is David Montgomery's one and only. So I would be interested in selling Monty, um, and and I, I think Monty's going to have a good year this year. I don't think he's going to replicate what he did this past year, but I think he's going to be serviceable as you know a low end RB two. But based on what you can sell him for after last year, if you can find a sucker that's willing to give you some decent draft capital for David Montgomery, I'm willing to move on from him. Austin Eckler, Austin Eckler is a buy for me if I can, and he's a hold if I have him. I'm not looking to sell Austin Eckler just because of his role or projected role in that offense and Justin Herbert's tendencies. Justin Herbert is a mobile quarterback, but he loves checking down to the running back if the play isn't there. I think that Justin Herbert, Austin Eckler stack for Kurt is going to work out very, very well. So he's he's almost 26 years old, so he's a bit older, um, especially for a running back. But he's he's a satellite back plus. So those guys tend to play a bit longer. So I think he's going to be serviceable as an RB2 for the next couple years. Clyde Edwards is similar similarly built to, to Austin Eckler, he is an absolute hold. And if I can find a sucker who wants to sell me Clyde Edwards Elayer for some of the prices that I've seen him go as, he is a fucking buy. So I'm buying Clyde Edwards Elayer everywhere. And there's absolutely no fucking way that I'm selling him. He's listed on this list as RB eighteen, which um I don't blame them for putting him here. He did have an underwhelming season, but people forgot, you know, they signed Le'Veon Bell in the middle of the season, and they were only giving Bell, you know, seven carries per game. It, it's just that Anytime you bring a running back into an RB rotation and the, the, the starting running back is already only getting 60% of the touches or 64 or 63% of whatever he was fucking getting before Bell got there, that was going to hurt Clyde edwards production. And still, he was a back-end RB1 before his infamous flu game. And when I say infamous, I mean that by definition. This nigga is suited up and was cleared to play and didn't play a single fucking snap. And I almost ruined my undefeated regular season because I started him in my fucking lineup. But no hard feelings to my guy, Clydro. I expect him to come back strong next season. One more full all season with the Kansas City Chiefs, understanding where he needs to be for Patrick Mahomes on those passing routes, understanding his pass uh, protection assignments, on third down so he can be that two-minute drill four-minute drill back and just think Clyde Edwards-Hilaire was an RB1 before his injury and he didn't even have the two-minute drill work he didn't even have the four-minute drill work they had Le'Veon Bell and and fucking Daryl Williams out there so I'm buying Clyde Edwards-Hilaire everywhere I can still very happy that I drafted him with the number one overall pick in our draft I think he is Probably the safest long-term option still out of all of those running backs, but we'll see come next year. Derrick Henry. Derrick Henry is is tricky because he's 27 years old. He will be 27 still by the start of next season. He put up a monstrous 20.7 fantasy points per game last year. And I don't think he's going to have a down year this year. So it just depends on, uh, I'll tie this into our league. It depends on what Justin wants to do with him. I could see a scenario where, you know, maybe Justin decides to flip D4 for a big package. And I think if he does that, Derrick Henry's got to go right along with him. I think probably Dalvin Cook has to go right along with him too. I mean, you just don't get that many RB1 productions out of any running back. And I do think Derrick Henry is a generational talent, but he's given us, I don't know, three already. or and a half RB1 seasons. Is it three years ago? I think he was he was like a top five RB or top six RB over the last eight games. I don't know. He's pretty much given us three elite seasons at the RB position. He's he's won niggas championships three years in a row. So I would be interested in buying Derrick Henry. Me K O D. Maybe I should reach out to Justin and maybe we can work out a deal for some draft picks and maybe one of my younger. I don't know. I'm I'm still I'm still in on Derrick Henry. I think if you're a contender, you buy him. If you're a rebuilder, you sell him. Joe Mixon. I am buying Joe Mixon if the price is right. If somebody's still trying to sell me Joe Mixon at, you know, top six RB prices, I'm not buying Joe Mixon. Um, if they're trying to sell me Joe Mixon at top 12 RB prices, you know, RB 8 to 12 or, or 12 to 15, I'm, I'm, I'm absolutely buying him at that price. Joe Mixon um, obviously had an underwhelming season before he ultimately had a season ended to a foot injury but everybody knows how i feel about joe mixon he's so goddamn talented and we've seen him put up two rb1 years already um he's one of the most mm, he's one of the best backs in the league from a talent perspective one of the most well-rounded backs in the league from a talent perspective and he's going to be tied to joe burrow he signed the long-term deal and the only thorn in the side of Joe Mixon's production besides that horrid offensive line is Giovanni Bar- Bernard. But we saw them get away from Gio Bernard in the last few games before Joe Mixon's injury. So I'm really excited as a Joe Mixon owner to have him in three out of four dynasty leagues. And I'm holding him and not selling him um, and, and attempting to buy him in the one league that I don't have him in because I expect that he will outperform his ADP just because of how how low people have them. Anyway, moving on. Josh Jacobs, he's a sell soon for me. Josh Jacobs is talented, man, but he's another one of these unathletic plotters. Oh, by the way, Joe Mixon put up 16.6 fantasy points per game. That's very good behind that shitty offensive line. Uh, Josh Jacobs here, he's 23 years old. Oh, Joe Mixon's 24 and a half. My bad. I skipped over the the line items there. Um, Josh Jacobs, 23 years old, 15.4 fantasy points per game. I like Josh Jacobs a lot. But if somebody's willing to give me an early first round pick for for Josh Jacobs, um, I'm I'm probably going to take it, especially in this draft. I just you know uh, RB plotters like this, especially ones that put a lot of wear and tear on their body. And we've seen Josh Jacobs, you know, dinged up throughout two seasons in a row now, um, and they worked the hell out of him. I mean, he's so inefficient he, he he's going to bust eventually, and I think his cliff is coming sooner than later. So. Um, I'm willing to sell Josh Jacobs at the right price. I don't think I'm buying him anywhere. He's currently listed as RB13, so right out of RB1 range. So I don't know. I would consider spending, you know, RB13 prices for Jacobs if I really, really was in desperate need of an RB2 because I think he's serviceable. I mean, 15 points per game, that's not bad. But I don't think the upside that we once hoped Josh Jacobs had with his ability to catch the ball out of the backfield is ever going to materialize, at least not in his current situation. My guy. Nicholas Jamal Chubb. If somebody's stupid enough to sell me Chubb, I'm going to buy him. If I have him, I'm going to hold him. I have two shares in Nick Chubb. I'm not interested in moving off of them. They're both contenders, so I'm holding him. Uh, we can move off from Nick Chubb. He's 25 years old, just turned 25, put up 17.3 points uh, per game last season, and started throwing this dude passes, bro. Uh, I'm telling you right now, if they start funneling targets to Nick Chubb, it's over with. This dude is... He's not just an RB1 in Dynasty. He's he's a top five RB in Dynasty if they funnel this guy targets. They have an excellent offensive line. Baker Mayfield started playing better last year. I'm very excited uh, to see what Nick Chubb is going to do if he maintains his health throughout the 2021 season. Ezekiel Elliott. Never thought I'd be saying this at the start of the season. Ezekiel Elliott is a fucking buy. I think people forgot how good Zeke was before the Dak Prescott injury I mean Zeke was the same Zeke he's always been he put up 14.8 fantasy points per game he will be 25 years old by the start of next season just turning 26 actually before the start of next season and if Dak Prescott is back especially if Dak Prescott is on a long-term deal I'm all in on Zeke for the next couple years I mean why wouldn't I be I've seen no indication of you know Uh, a slowdown in production and performance from Zeke, except when, you know, he had Ben DiNucci and, uh, and and Andy Dalton quarterbacking behind, you know, that patchwork makeshift offensive line after they had so many injuries to, you know, Tyron Smith, um, um, Zach Martin, um, Looney, uh, who's, who's the right tackle they have. I forget Uh, their whole fucking offensive line was injured except like one dude. And I think even he went down at one point, uh, throughout the season. So I'm buying Ezekiel Elliott, especially at what I've seen him go for in fantasy circles recently. Antonio Gibson, You ain't getting them. I mean, if you're in another Dynasty League and somebody's selling Antonio Gibson, I I absolutely hop on that opportunity. I I doubt you'll find one. Um, Scored 14.4 fantasy points per game. He was um, a fringe RB1 before his turf toe injury. And this dude is like Wolverine. He came back like two weeks after turf toe. I was fucking mind blown. Um, I expect, especially if Washington can make a move for a quarterback in the offseason, Antonio Gibson's ceiling. Uh, has yet to be realized. I'm really excited for what he's going to do over the next several years. He's 22 years old. Uh, he, w- he was the steal of the draft. Miles Sanders. I'm holding Miles Sanders. He had a very underwhelming season last year, 13.9 fantasy points per game. But it's going to be a new regime uh, in Philadelphia, at least coaching staff-wise. They hired the offensive coordinator for uh, from the Indianapolis Colts. I don't know. I'm holding. He's he's going to be 24 years old. He's older than most uh, would expect, I think, uh, going into only his, his third season. Uh, or, or I guess he was just a little old, maybe a year older than what you he, – he, he declared as a senior, so he's a little bit older uh, than you would like for for an RB prospect. But he's going into year three. I'm not selling a young running back going into year three unless somebody's going to pay me a premium for him. Alvin Kamara. We're in the top eight, y'all, so this is where it gets um pretty interesting. Where are we at in terms of time? 48 minutes. Okay, I got time. Alvin Kamara. Alvin Kamara is one of my favorite players in the NFL. He is one of my favorite players from a fantasy perspective. He's also one of my favorite players from a swag perspective. He's one of the hardest niggas in the league, dog. But at 25 years old, 26 almost at the start of next season, with potentially Taysom Hill being the starting quarterback, after the season that Kamara put up as the number one overall RB in fantasy. I'm selling him. I am selling Alvin Kamara because it scares the hell out of me what that QB situation is going to look like in New Orleans. Even if it's Jameis Winston, Kamara's reaching that you know, end of apex, his end of prime at 26 years old at the start of next season. And, you know, we can say what we want about Drew Brees' noodle arm, that dude fed the fuck out of Alvin Kamara. Alvin Kamara, he's never going to be uh, a running back that plays 80, 90% of the snaps. So he needs that efficiency. And you take, you know, the veteran Drew Brees out of that offense, one of the most intelligent, most accurate, uh, greatest QBs of all time. You remove him from that offense, you have to understand that, uh, that offense as a whole is going to take a knock uh, efficiency wise. And I feel the same way about Michael Thomas. I'm um, I'm not selling Michael Thomas just because he's a 27 year old wide receiver still in his prime. And I know um, he has, uh, you know, three, four years left of elite play. Uh, but Alvin Kamara being a running back going into his age twenty six season, coming off the season that he did, I'm trying to get somebody to pay me a premium for Alvin Kamara. If that's you know a J.K. Dobbins plus trade or a DeAndre Swift plus trade, a Cam Akers plus trade, if somebody's willing to do that, I'm absolutely selling Kamara um, at those prices and in maybe maybe a bit lower if if it if it's announced that Taysom Hill is going to be the QB. Next on the list, DeAndre Swift. 22 years old, averaged 14.6 fantasy points per game last year. He is an absolute hold. Uh, You're not going to be able to get DeAndre Swift unless you pay a premium. Um, Ray shouldn't really have any interest in in holding him. He should be a part of his plans moving forward. So DeAndre Swift is an absolute hold or a sell. um, I'm sorry, not a sell or a buy or a buy if you're willing to to, uh, pay up for him. JK Dobbins, same thing. Actually, the same thing for these next three running backs. We got DeAndre Swift, J.K. Dobbins, Cam Akers, these are all holds. Um, J.K. Dobbins is an absolute hold. He's 22 years old. He'll be 22 at the start of next season, very young, just like DeAndre Swift. Only average 11 points per game. The only thing that scares me about J.K. Dobbins is uh, Lamar Jackson does not throw to the running back. I mean, he he dead-ass like, doesn't throw to the running back. J.K. Dobbins finished like full games with... Uh, uh, like zero targets or some shit or like zero catches and maybe like a couple targets. It's, it's, it's bad. <laughs> um, So I, I don't have JK Dobbins up here in the top six. Like um, this resource that I'm using has him ranked, but he's a top 12 dynasty RB for me. And I think he's going to be an elite RB 2 I'm not buying him at RB one prices, but he's, he's definitely a hold. He's going into a second year. And uh, I think we, we have yet to see the best from JK Dobbins. Same things with, same thing with Cam Akers. I think, you know, I don't think Matthew Stafford got a boost necessarily in terms of fantasy point per game production, but I do think Cam Akers got a boost. I just think you're going to have a more stable, consistent offense. I think you're going to have more green zone um, and, and um, uh, goal line opportunities for Cam Akers. And I think, you know, Matthew Stafford has shown that he's he's willing to throw to the running back. We saw it with DeAndre Swift. I think this is huge for Cam Akers. As long as he can stay healthy, stay on the field, he's going to get that two-minute and four-minute drill work. I think Cam Akers could have a huge season. If you can't acquire Cam Akers, be ready to open the checkbook. Dalvin Cook. Dalvin Cook is a hold for now. If Kirk Cousins is gone, like rumors have circulated, and they plan on bringing in, I don't know, like a rookie quarterback or journeyman QB. Uh, I don't want any parts of Dalvin Cook. I think it's underrated how good of a quarterback Kirk Cousins has been over the course of his career and over the course of his career with the Vikings. he's He's been memeable for his time in, in Minnesota, but I, I don't think he's really deserved that. He's, he's a damn good quarterback, and I think he helps the efficiency of Dalvin Cook. It does help that they like to give Dalvin Cook touches. Even when he misses game. he comes back and he doesn't miss a beat. They feed this man. And he's arguably um, the most talented pure runner, in the league he's a little older he'll be 26 by the start of next season or close to it uh but he put up a whopping 23.7 fantasy points per game i am i'm holding him until further notice uh but obviously context matters if you are a dalvin cook owner and you're shifting towards more of a reload or rebuild i wouldn't mind trading dalvin cook for maybe um you know, a younger RB down this list, like a Travis Etienne or Najee Harris, rookie running backs that we haven't talked much about, maybe one of those guys plus, like a Najee Harris plus package for Dalvin Cook? Absolutely. I'm, I'm jumping all over that trade. Um, he's still, I, I think Dalvin Cook is still going to offer you, you know, an, an RB1 finish if healthy for at least another season or two. So it just depends on what your strategy is, but Dalvin Cook is, is a tricky one. Saquon Barkley, he is an absolute hold if you are looking to buy saquon barkley again be willing to open your fucking checkbook he's 24 years old he'll still be 24 at the start of next season very very unfortunate knee injury during week two against my own dog shit fucking chicago bears hated not seeing saquon barkley on the field as a football fan but from a pure god-given talent perspective he is by far the most talented running back in the league if you had the opportunity to buy Saquon low, you missed it. If Saquon Barkley stays healthy through the 2021 season, he's a top three back. Jonathan Taylor. Jonathan Taylor is a bit higher on this list than I would have him. He obviously came one strong down the stretch. Phillip Rivers is, is very impactful to uh, running backs. We've seen Phillip Rivers with Melvin Gordon. We've seen Phillip Rivers with um, uh, Ryan Matthews. We've seen Philip Rivers with Naeem Hines last year, and we saw him with Jonathan Taylor. Phillip Rivers knows where to put running backs in a position to, to succeed. He throws a lot of passes to the running back and he knows how to check the right plays at the line of scrimmage. If he doesn't like what he sees and gets the ball to the running back for those cheap yardage, uh, for the, for those cheap yards. I'm not going to get on this podcast because I respect my brand. I'm not going to get on this podcast and call Jonathan Taylor a sell. I think a lot of people would, would laugh me off the mic. If, if I said that based on how he finished the year, 22 years old, he is an athletic freak. 16.9 fantasy points per game. He did have a strong second half of the season. I won't dive into the details, but his schedule was was very very favorable. I haven't forgotten the first six weeks of the season when Jonathan Taylor was running behind his own offensive line, and that is a, a, a one of the one of the toughest one of the easiest red flags to identify, bro, for for running back with poor vision. He doesn't have a lot of lateral quickness and agility in terms of juice. Uh, he's a really good straight line speed guy. He runs with a ton of power. I think Jonathan Taylor is a good running back. I don't think he's the dynasty r b two. um but you're holding him if you have him. I don't think you're trying to buy him um just because of 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 the price you'll have to pay, and I do not think he's worth that price. He's not a pure pass catching back. I think his pass catching work was was really, really boosted by having Philip Rivers back there, and we have no idea who the quarterback is going to be at the helm for the Colts going forward. so, I'd be a bit nervous about Jonathan Taylor. Last but not least, the overall Dynasty RB1 hasn't changed from last year's Christian McCaffrey. Christian McCaffrey is a hold if you have him. He's 24 years old. He'll be 25 at the very beginning of next season. He was still the leader in fantasy points per game at the running back position at 30 points per game. Christian McCaffrey is an absolute monster. You probably can't afford him if you don't have him. And like I said, you're holding him if you do. Obviously, I have a contending roster, so there there really isn't anyone. There really isn't anything anyone can give me for Christian McCaffrey at this point. Um and yeah. Yeah. That's the show. That's the show. I actually stayed on an hour. That's pretty good. I was going to do the year-end review for Tape Run, but I guess I'll save this for Kurt because I'm pushing up on 58 minutes right here. And this was an episode that I really wanted to keep under an hour because it's just me by myself. Um and I'm getting pretty tired. So that's the show. As always, please tune in to our next episode. We are going to do buy, sell, wide receiver edition. We're going to do this episode on Saturday when I have the reigning champion, Kurt Cashy, on the podcast. We're also going to start the year interview episodes then, for sure, for sure, for real, for real. No cap, no yap. Was going to do it on this episode, but your boy is tired. I'm rambling, man. Drop the outro. Holla at you boys later And remember It's up there And it's still stuck there Drop the beat Turn this shit up, man